Hello, and welcome to episode 97, The New World of Press Releases with Mickey Kennedy. Welcome to the PR Playbook Podcast, the only podcast giving you actionable skills and advice you need to execute a strategic PR program. Warning, what you hear next may lead to brand awareness and increased sales and customer exposure. Now, here's your host, Rinjini Joshua. Hello, and welcome to episode 97. Today, I get to regroup with a, a longtime collaborator of ours, Mickey Kennedy from eReleases. Hi, Mickey. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I'd love for you to give us a little bit of background just to get started about yourself, but then also about eReleases, which I'm always ever advocating. I love e-releases. We use e-releases for all of our private press releases. Um, so Mickey, can maybe we get started with a quick background on you? Sure. So um, my name is Mickey Kennedy. I started e-releases a little over 23 years ago, and I uh, had finished a master's of fine arts in creative writing with an emphasis in poetry. And I started working for a telecom startup and they had me uh, write press releases because they're like, you're the writer. And so I would send those out via fax. And a lot of journalists started asking if I could email them uh, the press release because we publish data, telecom data and statistics. And they said it's easier to work with with email. And that's when the light bulb went off. And I was just like, email seems a natural evolution of sending releases. And over uh, a year, I contacted more than 10,000 journalists and got them to um, sign up for my database and I would send them relevant press releases. And over the years, PR Newswire reached out to me and said, Hey, you should also send your releases through us. And I was like, Hey, you charge a thousand dollars to move a press release. And so they looked at our clients and they realized that they're not serving them and that, you know, the budgets of my customers are much smaller. And we created a, uh, a win-win relationship where you know, these uh, entrepreneurs, small businesses and startups get access to the wire, uh, paying considerably less. And, uh, but there are some trade-offs. For example, you get a national release with us, but the default is scheduled for next business day because they have editorial overnight that usually doesn't do very much, but they have to be there. And so they can set up our releases overnight, saving them the additional labor charges that would normally encounter. So we just tried to make it work as easily between the two of us because they are a, a great partner to have. And it is, you know, really nice to have access to the wire for these small businesses and entrepreneurs. So yeah, um, we've been using e-releases at the Silver Telegram for at least the past 11 years. And I mean, it's been such a great asset for us, especially with working with small businesses and startups, mostly for us. Um, I know we always jump into that hurdle when we when we run into a company that's going public or something like that, and we go to, back to PR Newswire. But I think it's been so great to work with you guys and um, a really great asset, I think, for PR Newswire to be able to reach smaller business owners. I, I know when I was a big agency, I didn't know anything about e So I'm glad that somehow we found each other. Um, it's been so great. So I, I want to talk a little bit today about the use of press releases you know, there's always that ever going debate. Is the press release dead? What, what, when should you use a press release? What should you use it for? Um, and I'm always a very much still a proponent of sending out press releases, but 
you guys have added over the years that extra bit of service where, you know, you also do manual outreach and that's so important for actually getting coverage. How have you seen kind of the dynamic of press releases change maybe over the last five to 10 years? I think the biggest change I've seen is that uh, the newswire is a lot more accepting of, of different media um, influencers, for example. Um, it's not uncommon for a fashion Instagram influencer to uh, sign up as a journalist with PR Newswire, receive relevant press releases that they're able to really filter down to what they're interested in. And so I think that the newswire is definitely realizing that where we get news and how we get news is changing and they're evolving with it. Now, this is hard to believe it's the same company that like 15 years ago would really not let bloggers have access to the journalist login uh, with the sure. wire. Uh, they were very restrictive of it, despite the fact that there were bloggers who were more influential than the trade publications. They, so. they weren't technically <laughs> legit, right? Right. <laughs> Quote right. unquote. <laughs> So I think that's changing and I really like that because I think that it makes the newswire more valuable uh, to, because it's recognizing and incorporating the social media and uh, lots of different types of mediums that people are getting their content from. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think that's a great point. Now, I think with that, with the opening up of like new people coming on to the newswire and really accepting the news, I think one thing that we like to teach people is like what should and shouldn't go on the wire. So what what is your experience with that? Do you guys have some, I'm, I'm sure you have some best practices on what definitely should go on the wire and what we should keep off? Well, it's, it's, it's no secret that like 95% of the press releases that e-releases moves are not newsworthy. And <laughs> uh, I, I hate that because I see my customers spending money on messaging that's probably not going to do anything. I, right. And I'm surprised occasionally there is the one story that gets a, a really good media pickup, but it's usually the exception. It, you know, I, I see so many releases that are a personnel change at the company. And while it may be an important hire, it's usually not strategically important enough that anyone outside of your local newspaper and maybe one trade publication would, would even merit at a mention. And sure. yet I see so many of those types of releases. I think that when you're spending money you really want to spend money on something that's going over the wire when you feel that you have a, a message that could resonate and, and you could take advantage of that leverage opportunity. And so many releases, like I said, they come from being, they look like they've been created through committee and they're yeah. safe and they don't say anything that's interesting or compelling. And at the end of the day, you have to realize that a journalist is just a gatekeeper and you have to get through that gate and provide them with content they want to share with their audience. And if you, uh, you know, reverse engineer what you're announcing, I love uh, that writing for that, then you're much more likely to get media pickup. Yeah, I, I that's such a great strategy, and that's usually how I we usually start writing our releases at the headline first to say, okay, is this really news? Is this really in, information that's going to move the needle, like the industry needle? and then work it from there. And a lot of times I will tell you a lot of clients push back and it's like, well, that's not that that's not what we're trying to say. Like, well, that should be what you're trying to say cuz otherwise no one's going to pick it up. You know, and that actually brings me to one specific point. You guys send us, you know, those visibility reports. So, what what do those reports mean? Can you can you give us a little bit of insight behind the numbers on the reports? Like there's the press release pickups, there's the reach, there's the link building. So can you give us a little bit of um, 
yeah, like I guess your input on what those numbers mean and how significant they are. I personally don't put a lot of stock into those numbers. <laughs> um, they are a lot of it's based off a of syndication of press releases. So your press release appeared on, a, a, you know, maybe 60, 70 websites. And so they're extrapolating data based on the average number of people that might reach these pages or the potential audience that it might have. And I kind of think it's a distraction from the real goal of PR, which is to get an article written about you. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, those are the metrics that they can't easily provide because when someone writes an article about you, it's not the same press release. You know, it's right. you, you and me would know that it was written in response to that. But other than perhaps the company name, there's not a lot for the newswire to build reports for that. You know, otherwise they'd be using clipping services or, and you know, and they charge an arm and a leg for good clipping for services. That, yeah, some additional and, money. <laughs> right. So I, I think that the reports are fine. I think that they maybe give you a little bit of a window as to things that automatically happen. There are some uh, occasional tracking of, you know, people, types of journalists that might have stumbled across your uh, link. And, um, and, and that's interesting, but I just don't know how useful it is. I think that it's funny because in the early 2000s, because uh, I've been doing this for 24 years, there was a new player in town. I think it was Internet Wire. And they really embraced the syndication. Uh -huh. And all of a sudden, people were like, I pay $250 to Internet Wire, and I get on 120 different websites. And with you, PR Newswire, and you, Business Wire, I'm only on 60. And so it became this Cold War where the links went up. And at one point, you could pay... And if you had a really good release with PR Newswire, you would get over 300 of those links where yeah. your press release was replicated on the other websites. And I think what's happened is finally uh, some sense has resonated because there's so many PR professionals who hate these reports. They yeah. hate the syndication to these like, you know, third tier websites that don't matter. Well, and because sometimes those links, like sometimes those links are temporary and they disappear. Right. And so uh, I, I, I think that we're seeing now the number of links that the average release gets is, I think, between 40 and 80. And I've been told by the Newswire, it's completely plausible that in the future, they just vanish altogether. And, mm, interesting. Uh, and, and I think that they're, I think that's good and good for the industry because I think it's distracted people for going on 20 years now that that's the goal of PR. There are people that pay money see those links and they think that's what PR is. And you and I both know that's mm -hmm. not the ultimate goal of PR. When you've got, you know, a New York Times story or Fast Company just wrote about you and you're getting traffic and people are talking about you, that's the real magic of PR, not these links. And so Well, and I always tell people, so there are some like like we always try to get the links to be at least over 100 and we're like, okay, if we're over 100, that means you're getting a good amount of pickup, but that doesn't mean anything. This is just kind of like I always call it the a link building SEO activity, like sure. that part of it, right? The the newswire part of it. And then the real work comes in when we're pitching the stories individually. So, you know, I had this debate with another PR professional just yesterday, and we were talking about like, what about, what do you think about like when we're pitching a story and then it goes on the newswire, that's kind of like our deadline, right? It's like it's like a deadline for us to be able to get some kind of story secured and and kind of make it official. But oftentimes, if we're pitching a story and it doesn't go on the newswire, it just seems less legitimate. So what do you think about the kind of legitimacy of like how how the newswire putting it out on the newswire kind of makes your 
announcement somewhat official. <laughs> I think that in some ways it puts a clock on it. The, yeah. the journalist who's been sitting on this and there maybe it's on, they're on the fence about it. Seeing it hit the wire makes them say, well, if I'm going to run it, I should do it now before someone else does. And I right. think that it does create a little sense of urgency uh, with it, with the media. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of one of the big things is like, do we, I mean, a lot of times, you know, nowadays the debate is, do we put it on the wire? Do we not? Is this news? Is this not? Um, but if we do decide to put it on the wire, I, I want to like to be able to justify it and explain, okay, this is why we need to put it on the wire. You've built your business around this. So obviously you guys are invested. Uh, like, what do you think is the best practice of really like the process of how we should be doing press releases? Obviously, I have my own thoughts, but I would love to hear your thoughts on where you've seen the most effective news come out of a press release. I think that uh, my most successful type of press release, and uh, I spent a couple of years looking at my most most successful clients. And surprisingly, mm -hmm. I found that many of them would get media pick up again and again. There is one client that just does surveys and studies and they do 40 of them a year. And wow. on average, each survey gets about eight to 14 articles. They cover lots of little niche niche uh, industries. Very and so cool. they create a survey for each industry and speak to that audience. They ask compelling questions and everybody seems to, to really respond. They've been doing this for at least four years and mm -hmm. they continue to get eight to 14 articles every press release uh, just because I, I think a survey is one of those things that the, the, the numbers that you get, the results that you get lives for such a very short time. And if you ask the right questions, people want to see what your temperature is in the industry right now on those hot buttons. And so mm -hmm. I think that that's one of the things that works extremely well. And that's always newsworthy. I, I have never had a client that did a survey with my input, not get media pickup. And so, yeah, you so know, we we've actually, we've been telling our recent, a recent client of ours, we're like, Hey, you know, if we really want to move the needle, we should do a survey, anything with data, right? Like, right. yes, data, data is really strong numbers. The media loves that. And mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be really complicated. You can uh, use survey monkey to create a, a questionnaire. I recommend multi-page so that if someone leaves after doing half the survey, you've still got half the results of they've done like two pages out of four pages of, of, oh, of questions. Oh, I see, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and you're able to do that in survey monkey. And then all you have is a link that you get to share. And I've had a lot of luck with my clients asking small and independent trade associations if they'll share the link with their members. And a lot of them will do it, especially if you mention we're doing a survey, we'll mention you in the press release we're doing and we're issuing it over the wire. And oh, to get, the the, to get the respondents, you mean? To get the respondents, yeah. yeah because okay. a lot of times people are like, well, I wouldn't know who to send it to or right. my, my uh, lead base or customer base isn't strong enough to get you know, something that's really compelling from a statistical standpoint, but yet there's trade associations out there that don't get a lot of love and you really can perk up their ears. If you say, uh, you send this link out and I'll mention you in a press release and you may even co-brand it in some cases, uh, they may ask for that sort of attention, but that just helps legitimize the survey and study and you're the author of it. And, you know, if people pick up the story, you're going to get mentioned and it's a great place to put really compelling quotes that explains some of the interesting results that you got and you know really work on the quotes because quotes is one of the places that I see so many press releases just fall flat. 
There's nothing magical. It doesn't sing on the page. And (laughs) if you write something that's really compelling and interesting in a quote, you know, I've seen uh, managing editors uh, circle and and put little exclamation marks on the margins saying this was a great quote. And you don't want the managing editor saying, why are you having a quote with this small unknown company I've never heard of? Yeah. Uh, And, uh, you know, if your quote is weak, they might get that question. And if it's a strong quote, they won't care. They'll just say that's a great quote. What is your thought on, you know, now that we're talking about quotes, and I really appreciate that because I try to beef up the quotes when I can. Again, it's all about the comfort level of the client. And sometimes they just don't understand how compelling the release actually needs to be, especially since it's so noisy right now, right? Like there's news everywhere. But what do you think about um, content? So like video content, having like a cluster of quotes at the end, like as sound bites or, or talking points. What do you think about diversifying the content or adding infographics or or that kind of visual stuff to supplement your release? I've, I've seen infographics work really well. I haven't seen video work extremely well yet, but mm-hmm. I think that's where we're moving. And I think that that's the natural evolution of all this. I think that video is going to play a much stronger place going forward, but we're just not there yet with the media. And I, I think it's going to be interesting how uh, we create media to be consumed for the media is it going to be something that's like be our equivalent of B-roll or is it something right. more specific that it'll splice in and out? And we're not there yet, but I think we're moving towards that where there will be a lot more opportunities for people who are willing to, you know, invest and create the asset of video to accompany their release going out. Do you remember, I think it was PR Newswire who first came out with like the Matt release where like they really wanted, they were really pushing multimedia releases and nobody, nobody wanted them. And right. we're like, what do we do with this? And I thought it was interesting, but it was, I mean, that's the thing. It's like video production used to be so expensive and now you could just take a shot on your iPhone and, and edit it on Canva or something and make it look beautiful. Right. Yeah. I think that that's where things are headed because I think that Facebook uh, said, I think a year or so ago that they expect at some point in the next few years that uh, your, your feed is going to be almost a hundred percent video and not images, uh, and 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 me, you know, meme pictures and, mm-hmm. and 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 news content or words. It's going to be video, and I think they're right. I think that that is the way that people are going to consume stuff. So I think that any journalist who takes a press release or an idea and turns it into a story is going to have to solve turning it into a video story. And does that? And then mean, we're going to need to provide that asset or something like that. I think that we will have to yeah. provide some collateral to, uh, you know, uh, stand out and, and differentiate yourself. Now, like when we do press releases with you guys, you guys add a couple of images. Well, how important do you think the images are in getting the release picked up? I feel like when we have good images, we do get picked up more often. But what do you, what do you feel about that? I think images are probably one of the most important things you can add to your press release. There mm-hmm. are so many online only uh, sites that just are hungry for good content and great images. And so if you have a great image, it it probably could take a mediocre story uh, and get it picked up just because of it. And so, uh, you know, stay away from the stock photos. I mean, something that actually has your product in it or, you know, shows people, I mean, action photos work really well. Uh, candid stuff works really well. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't feel you have to have a, a, a photo studio, uh, just have people take pictures around the product or service or, or something like that. 
in its natural element. And I think that those uh, can really uh, stand a strong chance of, of adding to your press release. That's great. So, I mean, we've covered a lot about press releases. There's only so much you could say, but I think it's just a very important to understand best practices. Um, so what would you say are like, maybe your top three tips for someone who's issuing their next press release, maybe they're listening to this right now to just try to get some tips. What, what would you tell them? Um, three things. I would say the most important parts of your press release are your headline, your quote, and your collateral images. Uh, I think that that's probably the, the most important. And even more important is backing up a little bit and what you're announcing is probably the most important. So many people come from it as saying, we've got a new product that's getting ready to drop. Therefore, we did this release. and We've written the release about the product being released. And that doesn't really take the journalist into account as gatekeeper. Uh, mm -hmm. What is it about this product that makes it so darn interesting? And why would they want to share it with their audience right now, rather than require you buy paid advertising? And okay. so what are what are the, the sometimes it could be testimonials or use case studies, it could, you know, these are all things that could really make it cl more clarified as to why your press release matters. So uh, sort of develop it with that in mind, rather than your goal in mind, because so many people write the headline of we have this great product and it's being launched. And it's like, that isn't compelling. You know, what, <laughs> yeah. what is it about the product? What solution does it solve? And why would people, you know, find it irresistible? Why would they want to seek this product out? And if you can solve that, I think it makes it so much easier for you to slide into getting media pickup. Yeah, absolutely. Mickey, thank you so much for joining us again. I love this ongoing relationship we have, and I'm sure we'll have this conversation again in a couple of years where like, you know, we're going to shift, like you said, to video. Where can people find you? Um, Ereleases.com is the website. I do have a free masterclass that goes through eight uh, winning press release strategies. Awesome. Like I mentioned the survey and study. That's one of the concepts. It's available for free at ereleases.com forward slash plan. P-L-A-N. And I recommend anyone who's considering PR to, you know, watch it. It's less than an hour of uh, video and you should walk away with probably eight to 14 ideas for strategic press releases you could do about your company and therefore avoid the releases that just don't get picked up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there's nothing wrong with doing a press release. I think that's all to say there's nothing wrong with doing a press release as long as there's some type of goal in mind and you're not just doing it to to release something. And I think that's, that's where a lot of these small businesses and, and the companies that we work like startups kind of fall flat. It's like, we're just releasing something to make some kind of noise. You know, there are ways to make it impactful. Well, thank you again. Um, it's been great having you on and guys go to ereleases.com. We've been using them for years. They're a magnificent resource and they ever so often have some awesome deals. So we try to capitalize on those as well. Um, but yeah, check it out, ereleases.com and all the information will be in the show notes so you can grab it there. Thanks, Mickey, again, and we'll talk again soon.